Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome to the Flying Solo Podcast, a show for those going it alone in business. I'm your host, Robert Gerrish. Flying Solo is an Australian online community and home to stacks of free resources, discussion forums, professional development tools, and a whole lot more. Find us at flyingsolo.com.au or join us on Facebook. Following a career at the big end of town, culminating in a long stint as Senior VP and CEO of Gartner Research Asia Pacific, my guest today, Rob McKelvey, now works as a mentor, executive coach, and non-exec director and in my opinion, all-round calming, wise man. Rob, it's great to have you here. I'm, I'm feeling a bit mellow already. Thanks, Robert. It's a pleasure to be here. Okay. Well, look, Rob, as I've said in the intro there, you've come from, you know, the tall towers, the big end of town, with lots of people, you know, kind of running around and lots of people doing things with you. Now you're working primarily on your own. Um, what challenges have you observed within this soloist life? Well, I've observed a number of challenges, Robert. Um, I'll only touch on a few of them, some that I've experienced and some that I've seen some of my clients experience. Mm. The major one is um, because you're now a soloist, you think you have to do it all on your own. Mm. And that becomes very, very demotivating and energy draining. Doesn't you don't ever. have to do it on your own. You, there's uh, uh, support systems that you can get. You can outsource things that you don't like doing. And I strongly suggest that you do that. Make a list of things that you enjoy doing. Keep doing them and outsource the things that you don't like doing. Mm. So you don't have to go it alone. Uh, look, I think that's uh, such a good point. And it's so often, you know, it, it, it's interesting because on the one hand, when people first kind of start up on their own, often it's, oh, how wonderful. I'm on my own. You know, I'm doing it by myself. But then kind of week three, it's like, I'm on my own. I'm doing everything by myself. But it, it's part of it is a bit of a mind shift, uh, mindset shift as well, don't you think? It's just not, you know, don't think like that. That's absolutely true, Robert. I mean, some people enjoy being on their own. Other people enjoy the, the camaraderie of a, of a communal environment. Mm. It depends entirely on the individual. But what I mean by not going it alone is the actual functions that you're doing in a business. Yeah. So, for example, most people, unless they're in an accounting business, aren't accountants. Right. I personally hate doing all the accounting paperwork. So I farm that out. Mm. but I enjoy writing articles and I don't farm that out. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, you know, uh, uh, very clear. And, and, uh, uh, and I, I know, well, Hey, I'm quite similar to you as it happens. I don't love my accounting side of things, but, um, but yeah, I guess the starting point there then really, it really is, as you say, it's just very obviously it seems, but, um, it not necessarily when you're kind of in that position is have a look at what do you enjoy? What are you good at? And what would you like some help with? And I guess what we both need to re kind of remember is that particularly for those 
starting sometimes you know it, the business can be fairly frugally kind of funded so putting work out from the get-go isn't necessarily an option but I, I guess the main thing is we've got to at least have a picture of it is okay when I get to xyz kind of revenue then I'll start to put my bookkeeping out or when I get to this level I'll get someone in to do my house cleaning for me so that I can give myself a bit more time to work it's having some goals and some milestones isn't it I think when it comes to outsourcing it is and it's also the mental mind shift that you talked about one of the ways that you can lose your mojo as a soloist is by doing things that don't entertain you, don't excite you, don't energize you. It just sucks the energy right out of you and you lose your mojo. So sometimes it's it's important to not wait until you get to something, a certain level of revenue or income, but also to look at how it's draining you. Hmm. And if it is draining you, then outsource it because you will find more energy to then generate revenue to pay for it. Yeah, that's a good point. I guess it's that that sort of um, situation of, of it's it's the balance of can you afford to do it versus can you afford not to do it? Absolutely. You know, can your well-being afford for you not to do it? So let's, you know, you touched there also on on just this um, this whole kind of notion of being connected. And obviously, you know, part of the, well, probably the main reason that um, that Flying Solo exists in the first place is to give solo people some form of connection. Um, but what ways do you do it? You know, when you say you came out of the um, the big end of town and, and quite possibly you ran away, you know, jumping for joy, um, I'm assuming. But, um, you know, connection is, is an issue, isn't it? How do you sort of maintain connection or what do you observe about this whole thing of, of, of staying connected with people? Well, I, I think one good way of keeping connected is doing the online uh, connections, the, the type of thing, the meetings and uh, uh, chats at rooms that uh, Flying Soul offers mm. is a great way of keeping connected. Also networking, going out to uh, different functions. But I would not suggest joining 15 different network groups. Okay. So I mean, I I know that um, I know firsthand with you because I I have the uh, the joy of of hooking up with you on a on a on a regular slash irregular basis, um, and we connect, don't we? We have a coffee maybe once Absolutely. every three months or so. I mean, I I gain a lot from that, and is I'm not I'm not I'm not asking you to confirm that you do too because <laughs> that's just my ego speaking. But um, you know that that's a lovely way to connect, isn't it? Just to it say, Absolutely. you know, and I know you have other little groups that you're sort of part of, small. groups groups as opposed to big networking groups isn't that right that's correct and it it's good to have a type of mentoring support people that you can chat openly with no um no judgments just people willing to listen and you're obviously willing to listen to their conversations as well mm. it's a it's a good way of unburdening yourself yeah and, and i you know i know that say these days you spend a, a large part of your time sort of um I don't know whether counselling is the right word, but I'm going to use it anyway. Um, you know, sitting with counselling executives um, and listening to them and su- giving them sort of support. What do you? How how does some of the work that you do there? I mean, particularly this. Perhaps if we look at the whole notion of kind of rejection um, of um, this can be something that's very confronting for a, for a solo business. You know, you're going out, you're trying to sell a product or a service and you get knocked back and you get rejected. And this must happen big time in the big end of town also. 
what sort of things, you know, what can we do there to kind of brush ourselves down and get out and fight again the next day? Well, the first thing to do is don't take it personally. <laughs> Generally speaking, they're not rejecting you because of you. They're rejecting you for their own reasons, which are there may not be a correct fit. It might not be the correct time. It may be too expensive. They're doing it for their reasons, and they're not doing it for your reasons. Mm. So don't take it personally. Yeah, okay. And that, well, that's a good point. And uh, it's, um, I, I guess something there is, I mean, do you suggest with, with, even with just little ideas like that, should we be writing these things down? Should we remind ourselves of these things? Because when you're in that kind of position of rejection, you don't necessarily immediately sort of dive to those nice, sensible, coherent sort of thoughts, do you? No, you, you typically don't because people generally do take it personally. Mm. So what? I, I had a wise uh, a, a wise woman once tell me when I was going through a period of uh, the doldrums, shall we say, mm. and I was getting rejections, and she simply said to me, "Some will, some won't. Someone's waiting," hmm. which translated to some people will want your services, some people won't want your services, and some people are waiting for your services. You can't win them all. Mm, that's a lovely expression. Some will, some won't, some are waiting. That's right. Yeah, that's great. I, I remember oh, it was a few years ago now. I had uh, I was working with with somebody who sent a proposal out for, you know, one of those kind of projects that's going to change your life. You know, it's it's like there's so much attached to this particular response to this particular proposal and this is the proposal that's going to turn my life and my business around and of course what happened is after she sent this out nothing happened the phone mm. phone didn't ring no replies to emails and um and understandably it threw um my friend into you know uh, into a downward spiral pretty rapidly yes. uh, it's like this is the thing that's meant to to work and it hasn't worked nothing's happening and um, interestingly, what we did there was kind of the tactics you're talking about. We, we, between the two of us, said, okay, well, let's come up with as many reasons as we can as to why this might, might, might be the case. You know, why can't you get your phone calls through? Why aren't you, why haven't you got a response? And it was a really interesting exercise. And it's kind of, you know, yours is much more succinct. But one of the things I remember that we put down is, well, maybe the reason they haven't replied to you is because that they've kind of ticked the box. They know you're going to provide the solution, but they're just too busy to bother to tell you, you know, which is not uncommon with some you're, clients. You know, you've, you've responded so efficiently that they go, oh, yeah, okay, well, that's done, and now they're on to something else. But the only little element they've forgotten to, to do is to actually respectfully tell you that you've got the work. And that happens a lot, Robert. I well, it happened in this case, thank goodness. But <laughs> once, you, once you don't take it personally... Mm. You can actually muster up the courage to ask them why they're not going ahead. Mm. Why aren't they making the decision? Mm. And it, but if you take it personally, it's very difficult to ask that question. Yeah. I mean, my, my phrase is there's no such thing as a bad idea, only bad timing or bad implementation. Mm. So keep, keep trying. Yeah, keep trying. It, which is, you know, it, it, I guess it's, it's easier said than done, but then I think, you know, as you, as in the example you gave there of the very wise woman, I'm sure it was your wife. Um, it was. It, 
<laughs> How do I know that? Um, you know, who gave you those lovely words? It's just, it's a matter of kind of keep a, keep a list of those things, keep them written down. You know, I keep things like that on my on my desktop on my computer, so that if I guess, you know, if the um, if the little voice in my head starts getting a bit noisy sometimes then I can just remind myself of, you know, what's really going on. So what about, um, what are some other bad habits or that you've seen with solo people or anybody indeed that, that you look at and you go, oh, you know, that person needs to change that or that, you know, anything else, any, any particular things that you, that you observe? Well, the, the number one bad habit is procrastination. I used to procrastinate, but now I just take more time to do things. <laughs> to change the terminology. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and the, the procrastination is usually very closely followed by doing make-work projects, doing busy work. Right. So in other it words, like, burying your like head in email or something. Yeah. It looks like you're accomplishing something, but you're getting nowhere near your vision mm. or your goals. So you're just doing things to keep yourself busy. Mm. Well, come on then, you know, here we are, we're all listening to you that you're going to give us the answer to procrastination. What is it? <laughs> Just start. Okay. Pick something small and start to do it. Mm. To do lists are a marvelous thing, but generally speaking, people have a propensity to just add to, to do lists. I have something called I'm, I must do list. And I pick three things every day that I must accomplish that day. And I work on them. Mm. Then I can go to the rest of the to-do list because I've got one just like everybody else. Yeah. But just pick something small and do it. Mm. Just move forward. People get rewarded and feel highly motivated by accomplishing things. Mm. If you're accomplishing something, and I mean by finishing a task, if you're accomplishing something, then you have a higher motivational level than if you're not. Yeah, okay. So, all right. So it, it's as simple as that, really. It's just just do something. Just, just do get something. started in a direction. What, what, to what extent? Sorry, carry on. Sorry, Robert. Preferably do something that you enjoy doing. Hmm. So don't do the accounting. Do the, the marketing. Okay, so but is 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 that not? Do we not have risk falling into another little bit of a trap there? That if we start doing the things we enjoy doing, you know, the elephant in the room is still kind of circling behind us. Sometimes we've got to just turn around and face it, haven't we? Sometimes, sometimes you do. But if you have outsourced the things that you don't like doing, mm. then theoretically you're only working on things that you enjoy. Yes. <laughs> well, look, as I said at the outset, you know, um, you're a very calming man. And I, and, I, and I wish I could carry that thought with me in my work. But just sometimes there, you can't avoid the elephant. Sometimes it's, it is there. But I guess what you're saying is, well, maybe at least turn around and have a look at it, you know, and stroke its trunk and do something. Just get a step going in that direction. It, it, can be acknowledge it. Acknowledge it and break it down into, into bite-sized chunks. Mm. You can't pet an entire elephant. No. You can pet a part of it. <laughs> you just made that up, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it sounded good. It's good. So look, what about um, workspaces? You know, again, you've worked in big, shiny offices with mahogany desks and brass, brass light fittings, I'm sure. And, <laughs> um, and now you don't. Um, what's, your, what's your view of workspaces? How important is, 
is varying our workspace and and creating a workspace how important is that to our general sort of state of mind do you think it's very important and it depends entirely on the individual my recommendation is to go to a place where you feel comfortable and you can be more productive i know people that spend times in coffee shops on the beach doing their their uh, coaching and mentoring from there mm. um running their business from a bedroom in their uh, in their house a spare bedroom in their house it depends entirely on where you feel comfortable and you feel more productive mm. Yeah, I th- look, I think that's, uh, I do think that's such an important thing. I, I, it's funny, I've, it's been a while now since I've done it um, because I've, I've shifted kind of how I operate that. But I remember a couple of years ago when I was, uh, had a massive big kind of box of receipts and, you know, data entry stuff. And I thought, oh, I just got to do this. And, but by taking it with me, um, I caught the bus into, which is a nice bus journey along the beach, um, to a public library, maybe five kilometers from here. And um, I just sat down there and and went through all of it in a different space, surrounded by, you know, lots of young people being studious and, and using the um, local um, sort of, you know, government facilities, which is all very pleasant. And there happened to be a really nice cafe opposite the library as well. And I got the job done in three hours um, and celebrated by having a, a lovely lunch afterwards. <laughs> and I know I wouldn't have done that at home. It just wouldn't have happened. I'd have sat there staring at it and finding a million things to keep me busy that didn't involve doing that. One of the things that uh, impacts soloists is they have an image of what they should be doing. Mm. And it's not necessarily what they are comfortable doing. So some have an image that they need to be surrounded by all the latest technology and have a, a, a posh office and they have to rent facilities and because that's what you do in a business. Mm. It's not necessarily what you do in a business. More and more people are working from various areas. I know somebody who spends most of their their week in a library Mm. because all the resources that they need are in the library. They have Wi-Fi. They have quiet time. They have all the research that they could possibly request. And they work there. Mm. And it doesn't cost them a cent. Mm. Yeah, no, I agree. There are so many, so many ways that we can work now, and we're so lucky that we can do that. But what about, um, you know, again, let's let's pick up another scenario. We've talked a little bit there about overwhelm, and we know that's one of the key things. Um, what about the business that just isn't getting the kind of the work in the door quickly enough? And we've, you know, we've talked about this this example of uh, of kind of rejection, but it's just not happening. And when you get in that sort of position where you're thinking. There's just not enough work coming in. And that can cause a great deal of anxiety. And that then, of course, creates this really vicious circle where it's impossible to effectively market and promote, you know, when you feel like the world's against you. Um, how do we snap out of that? How can we get back on the horse again and, and, and do things in the, in the kind of positive way that we need to? Um. It depends on whether you're referring to rejection or, or the sense of being overwhelmed. Mm. Well, I guess it's, I guess it's a bit of both, but it's 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 the it's the sentiment of this isn't working, you know, this isn't happening, and the, and the 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 kind of just the very stressed stressful position that that can put you in. Is there any real kind of shake yourself clear strategies in that scenario? 
the first thing to do is is um, just give up and accept the position that you're in. Hmm. That doesn't mean you have to like it. But if you give up and accept it, you're not giving it that negative aspect. You're saying, yeah, I'm overwhelmed. Yes, I've been rejected. The business isn't going the way that I want it to do. Now, what can I do to resolve that? Hmm. And if, if it's in the, the shape of rejection and the business just isn't coming in, reevaluate your business. Reevaluate the market that you're going after. I've seen in many cases that people are trying to sell a solution when there isn't a problem. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> so make sure that your market is ready for what you've got to offer mm. and that indeed they do want what you have to offer. If they don't want it the way you have it packaged, can you repackage it so that it is more palatable for them? Mm. Yeah, okay. So it's, it's, it's back to basics, isn't it? It's do some research. And I think, again, perhaps what you're suggesting there is, is we need to get out and talk to some people. Absolutely. You know, we need to double check that the, what we're doing, the way we want to do it, is, is the right way. And I guess one of the beautiful things that we have as soloists is we have, we have a level of agility, don't we? We can reinvent ourselves. Indeed, I think we need to reinvent and um, amend the way that we work fairly accurately. So in some ways, I think if you can kind of view a struggle, as difficult a pill as this may be to swallow, but if we can review, view such a struggle as, as something of a gift to your business, which I say is a bit of a bit of a bit of, bit of pill, but if we view it as a bit of a gift, okay, what, you know, your business is showing you that something needs to change, that there's an opportunity for change. Absolutely. And, you know, getting right back out there, talking to customers, talking to past customers, talking to prospective people, just talking to fellow business people um, can and often also, give us the refresh. Sorry. And also talking to people that are already doing it. Mm. We can learn from so many people that are already doing things that we do. Yeah, I, look, I agree, and I, and I think if there's one thing that I observe uh, on a daily basis, in our particularly in our forums, is just the willingness for people to share, the, willing, the willingness that people have, that other soloists have to talk about things. Well, look, um, I'm getting very, getting a bit too calm now, so I'm just going to, I'm going to <laughs> kind you've of draw... the approach to overwhelm. What's that? You've taken the approach to being overwhelmed. Just relax. Oh yeah, that's yeah. But if take, I'm if I'm take a deep breath, if I'm too relaxed, we'll still be speaking in an hour. So I better I better be careful. Look, I'm going to draw us to a little bit of a close here after this this delightful sort of injection of um, of mojo building. Um, I know that you've you meet a whole lot of people. You've dealt with lots of people over you know a long career that's spanned a few continents. Um, who has been the greatest single influence on you and your work, and what did they teach you? Oh, so many people have influenced me. It's, it's, um, it's scary. Should I repeat the question? I just want one. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm at that young, impressionable age, so people do impress me. But um, the greatest influence on me has been Mother Nature. Mm. It's taught me to be flexible in adversity. You know, the story of the, the willow bending with the wind so that it doesn't break. Uh, it's taught me persistence. And when I, th I think of streams flowing down a hill, they, they go in the path of least resistance, but they are persistent enough to wear things down if they can't get around it. Hmm. 
Um, when things get bad, things will get better. After the storm comes the calm. And probably the most important thing that Mother Nature has taught me is that change is inevitable. Hmm. Nothing stays static. Oh, that's lovely. That's really nice. Brilliant. So, and tell me, do you, do you sort of carry those thoughts with you through your, through your day? I do, actually. You do. And I also get outside quite often and, and just revel in the beauty of nature. Mm. It's, it's, nature is one of the biggest battery chargers in the world. So true. So often that when we, are, when we are overwhelmed and we're feeling a bit flat, one of the best things we can do is just get the hell out of the office, go for a walk, go and get some air. Makes such a difference, doesn't it? Get on a. I remember ages ago um, talking with someone who who she has these away days, at least once a year, where she just gets on the train and goes as far as the train will go, um, and just takes a notepad and a pen and no phone and no other contact, and just watches the world go by and just thinks and ponders. What a brilliant way to spend a day! It is. It's absolutely magnificent. Mm. Okay, Rob, look, that's wonderful. And uh, thank you for um, talking about a wise woman and Mother Nature <laughs> and uh, for, joining, for joining us today. So, look, people that would like to learn more about um, your wisdom and read, read some of the stuff that you've written and find out more about the services that you offer and how you do things, they should pop along to McKelvey. That's M-C-K-E-L-V-E-Y, McKelveyAssociates.com. Would that be right? That would be right. Thank okay. you very much, Robert. Thank you, Rob. Enjoy the rest of your day, and I bet you're going outside now, aren't you? <laughs> I am, as a matter of fact. <laughs> yeah, I thought you might. All right, thanks for joining us, Rob. Pleasure. Take care. And that's where we'll leave this show from Flying Solo. I'm Robert Gerrish, and we hope you'll join us next time. If you're looking to start a business or rejuvenate the one you're in, you'll find heaps of resources at flyingsolo.com.au and a supportive community on our forums and Facebook. Thanks for listening.